Gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben Lomas. We went missing last week, but we are now back. And back with me always is Dural Jarcia. Hello, Benjamin. I do love how you said uh, I. Uh, it is Ben Lomas, as if like everyone is always surprised after three hundred episodes. It is Ben Lomas. <laughs> it is. It is. People, right. people want to know. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about the missing last week. We we had some scheduling issues between um, us being in different states and me having um, no sleep. So um, we struggled and apologize for that. But we're back. We're back with a fantastic guest, a good friend of ours, an incredible stand-up comedian, relatively relatively new into the scene, but has absolutely smashed the barriers through and come in and is, is a, a, an incredible act to watch. Uh, she won the National Raw Comedy Competition, which is out of thousands of people who enter, she was a winner and uh, of 2022, so recently. And she's a writer for the project. Please welcome to Fitbit Pod for the first time, Bron Lewis! Yeah, hello! Yay. <laughs> hello! Wow. Beaming hello. in from the Adelaide Fringe Festival. Yeah. Have you been there and how the show's been? Well, I've only been here too much. I'm just doing spots at the moment, trying to get more people into the show. My show kicks off Tuesday. Uh, I'm at a rhino room. The guys are mental. I was like, this is, it felt crazy. So I'm actually quite pleased I'm a little bit outside in the right. in rhino room. Because you did your show in the gardens, didn't you, Dill? Yeah, yeah. Rhino is nice. It's pretty close to the action. So it doesn't feel too far away. And it's got its mm-hmm. own little hub and history. So that's yeah. nice. And some really yeah. good uh, stable next but Bron Lewis, people, uh, need a bit of context to you. You are uh, recently moved to Melbourne, currently in Adelaide. Recently moved to Melbourne, was it last year? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, started this year. Yeah, yeah. I started this year, right? Yeah. Oh, so it's only been a few months. Yeah, we only got there. Just uh, we had to uh, have our last Christmas in um, Brisbane, and then, but you know, the and then we just as soon as it was Boxing Day, we just packed all the kids in the car and drove to back, down to Melbourne. Wow, and drove what from Brizzy from Brisbane, and how many kids? Three. There we go. This there is where. Go. I want but to originally watch. from Melbourne, though, right? Am I getting confused? Um, origi- yeah. Well, I'm, I'm originally from. I'm kind of, yeah. Been everywhere, right. but I, I spent born most of my adult life. Yeah, born in Wagga. Yeah, born in Wagga. Grew up in Canberra, but I spent my. And then as soon as you know, I turned eighteen, I moved to Melbourne. And so, and then we were in Melbourne for I don't know a bunch of years until um, until COVID hit, and then COVID, we were cowards. We were like, "This is hard, no thanks." And then we left and went to Queensland, where there was no COVID, or they pretended there wasn't any COVID, and it was glorious. <laughs> we were so good at dodging. We just didn't we just didn't care. Like there were masks, you know, like in people's handbags, but we just the gigs went ahead. It was like it was. Yeah, it's such a smart move, especially with was, children, with, especially with children, yeah. as much as hard as I could, can't even imagine having to change schools and then go interstate, but a huge move. You, you did, yeah. you, you made it like, you know, that's taking a real punt because no one knows what was happening, but you just saved yourself a year of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, because we did, because we did all of 2020 in lockdown and we were like, this is a bit hard and shit. And then it was like, it seemed to be getting better. Like they were like, oh uh it's you know the like the vaccine's coming at all we'll all be okay and then we left and looked like 2021 was in worse in melbourne yeah, so was. yeah yeah sorry about that but anyway <laughs> i made the right move um yeah. good for me, <laughs> good on me. And you had a lockdown baby as well right 
I did have a lockdown, but yeah, so he's almost two now. So yeah, mm. we did all of that in Brisbane. Uh, and then we, yeah, we sucked all the marrow out of Brisbane, all that we could benefit Wait, wait, from let's that. not talk about this conception. Oh, sorry. Okay, right. Sorry. <laughs> and then we... I'm pretty sure you can't get pregnant that way, but all right. I don't, what do I know? I have zero kids. I would never do that. That's yuck. And then I came... Um, <laughs> And then I and then we just came back to Melbourne where it's just like it, it for me I'm like oh yeah nothing's changed but you guys everyone who's been in, in Melbourne has obviously gone through a lot of trauma but yeah. um that's neither here nor there to me yeah, yeah. It's, I think it's that for me it's it's the afterfacts of it so it's like as much as it, as horrible as it was it was also a great time to spend time with your kids but it's just now I see the difference between my kids who started school in COVID mm. and ones who started after school. And, you know, there's just yeah. there'll be a bit of a generational push of some because it was, wasn't was easy starting school in the middle of COVID. Um, no. But, you know, I think they'll all uh, persevere. But it does make you appreciate the days where you're like, hey, I just walked, dropped them off to school and then walked back. How good yeah. is that? Yeah, with no mask. Yeah, how <laughs> no lovely. Masking, Bye. No nothing, just whatever. Yeah. Jumping on a busy tram, whatever. Like <laughs> Kissing strangers, whatever. Kissing, kissing strangers, begging them to come to my festival show. Kissing <laughs> them and begging them to come to my festival show. Uh, the, most the most embarrassing thing at the moment is because, you know, comedian, I work at nights. I have been playing a lot of golf recently, so I drop my kids off. We catch the tram. And then I drop them off. I carry my golf clubs like a wanker because then oh I get God. picked up by a friend who's dropped his kids off at another school and then we go play golf. But my God, do I, 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 love, I love it. I think a lot of parents who don't know me are like, fucking what's mate? Mate probably started a startup and probably sold it. I was like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Please come to my show. <laughs> Please come to my show. But in saying that, I don't want, I found out, I found out because I had this real bump in one night. I was like, Gee, this is weird. Like, I nearly sold this night out, but it's not your typical yeah. night to sell out. Found out, not one, not two, 42 parents are coming. Now, oh, my that, God, that's amazing. It's amazing, but also totally fucked because I have this whole bit, which I oh, am shit. now going to take out of the show on that no. night. Yes. On I that did, night, really? You coward. Come Absolutely. Here. Oh, I, will, I, I have to spend the next six years with these fucking people. <laughs> I've got a bit. I've got a bit about my mum in it. Uh, that I like. I'm. I'm like. I because I know people are going to be laughing at her. Uh, but my mum loves any attention, so she's going to yeah, love yeah, any. Yeah. Like she's going to be like, yeah, this show's about me, and it's like, oh, kind of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind yeah, of, yeah. mum. Bron, tell yeah, us about this. So, three kids traveling at the moment. Uh, uh, what's the? How was the move for starters coming back to Melbourne with the three bubs? And yeah. when it comes to well-being overall. Do you have uh, to balance out career, uh, partnership, kids, and health? How do you prioritize, uh, say, health? How does the health looking after your, oh, your, yeah. yourself fit in? Yeah, well, I've got I've got a really strange uh, relationship with health because it's been it, I don't know it presents itself in weird ways. So I used to before I, I got into comedy, I uh, got really into CrossFit, um, and so mm -hmm. I was a, I was obsessed with CrossFit. I was going like sometimes twice a day, um, and that was wow. just, I guess yeah, it was really it was very unhealthy. Come but at it's the time, a very was cultish. Like, it's a cultish. It world. is, yeah. How and it's a way how, how was it unhealthy? Are you overtraining? Yeah, I was, and also I was like, I, I was doing it obviously to like, I was just very anxious. So I was like, this is what helps. And because you had the endorphins after, I was like, see, I feel great now. 
And so I would go every single morning, even if like, and this is when the, uh, my first two kids were quite small. So I'd have a baby. So sometimes I'd be up, uh, you know, five, four or five times with the baby. And then I'd still go to the gym in the morning. Um, and that caused, that was super unhealthy for my family, family like unit, <laughs> because my, my partner was like, are you actually going to the gym again? And I was like, yeah, it's good for my health. It's my mental health really benefits from this. And I was just really just sweeping under like all of the issues under the rug and just going and just like sweating like a maniac and then coming home and being like, see, we're all better for that. And we weren't. And so we're all happy, aren't we? And everyone we're happy. Was we're really happy. Now let's go yeah. and make love. I love you. <laughs> no, I don't do that. And then um, it, it's... <laughs> Let's like connect right baby. now. Are we connecting? <laughs> for making babies only and nothing else. Exactly. I don't know how they exist. So there was, so it was a, yeah, we had, so I had, uh, so when I, when I look at like exercise now, I, um, I don't, I have to really question why I'm doing it. So, cause if it, like, I, cause it kind of, I would just like, I've, I haven't never had an eating disorder, but I imagine that's kind of what it's like. It's when you fixate on something so much and you prioritize it more than everything else. And it becomes way more important in your life than it probably should be. So yeah. that's what exercise did. So I know now, like when I'm like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll maybe I need to get into running. I have this feeling where mostly cause I uh, probably cause I'm a bit lazy now. I'm like, but what if it turns into that again? Like, what if I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do that every day and I'll prioritize it over things and like if the kids are sick during the night I'll still get up and I'll go and then I'll wear myself out and then I'll be a shell of a woman so I actually don't do that much exercise anymore um uh and I don't and I actually I don't miss it um and I probably because it wasn't a good a good thing for me to do anyway but I don't I don't see many negative things for not can having ask, in my life right so then can I ask at the time when you were doing two sessions of cross cross first of all, how long yeah. was each session? Just out of curiosity. Like how long was each an hour? It was hour, an hour. Okay, so just the day that you're kind of, um, and you at the time thought that it was good for your anxiety and it was helping your mental health. And now you're at a stage where you realize you don't need it as much. Can you pinpoint or understand what purpose it was serving back then and what you have kind of found able to do instead is this post yeah. third child, like, what's this post third child? Uh, no no this was in between two and three right. so i had a big gap in between two or three so the first two were born 20 months apart uh and then um my and then i think five years later we had the third so it was a big nice chunk in the middle and it was when i had i had pretty bad postnatal depression and anxiety but i didn't know yeah. So I just was like, this is hard, and but it's not, it's supposed to be hard. And I hate this, but I'm supposed to hate it. Um, and no one talks about it because it's a secret. And so I just, I, I hadn't actually had a label for it. And my family, like we are very, like, you know, the family I was born into were very avoidant. That's actually what a lot of my shows about this year. We just avoid bad things, negative things, because it's easier to a lot of the time. Mm. Um, and Well, that's so, something super interesting, which we haven't really spoken about is, is that whole postnatal depression is but you said that you came out after your second child is that right well I reckon I had it with my first but it was just that was just sheer anxiety yep. so I so my first baby was really hard um, mostly because we didn't know what we were doing yep. but also she was just a very like a really cranky baby who just seemed miserable all the time so she would cry 
yeah, she would just cry like all day and all night. And um, my partner worked a lot. And so I would just have her all day and I'd be like, well, this, cause there's no time to like stop and be like, oh yep. yeah, is this harder than everyone else's? I was like, this is shit and this is hard, but everyone has a shit and hard life and that's normal. And I would just have to walk her all day, every day. I just walk kilometers and kilometers and kilometers and kilometers until with this screaming baby yep. until she'd fall asleep. And then that, and if I stopped the pram or if I stopped walking, if it was just in the mass, like in my carrier or whatever, she would start crying again. So it was either feeding or walking. Like there was very little stopping. Like, and there's no break. No. For, 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 there's, there's no, no break. There's no understanding. Cause even then when there's two of you, you know, and unfortunately still, which is the case, is the mother does the fair share of of of, of all that, especially if you're still breastfeeding. Yeah. Just the 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 build up, build up, build up. And was there? Did you have moments where you just like what got me through it, and I didn't suffer it, and neither did my partner. Though in reflection, I think a lot of women go, actually, you know yeah. what? I did yeah. have it. I just didn't know what it was. I didn't know who to talk to because you spend the most of the time surviving. Mm. Then you know, even trying to analyze it. Were there moments? We did you. Did you have any techniques? Did you just, you know, say, well, they'll eventually stop crying or this will, like, did you have anything that got you through No, it? nothing. So I had to just, uh, so I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I couldn't drink because I was breastfeeding. So usually that, you know, would take the edge <laughs> off things, but so I couldn't. So I just had to just, every yeah. day I was like, every day I'd wake up to her crying and I'd go, fuck, I have to do this again. Sorry if I, I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. But you I was like, go, okay. Yeah. And I'd go, uh, oh my God, I so what was it like what what did it look like i guess that's for you in terms of you it was that waking up here crying and almost mm. like like brain going fuck here we go, here we go. yeah and i remember having moments because it was it was a time i think that's why my first baby was the first bout of um postnatal anxiety I feel like that was easier for me to get through because there was a distraction and that distraction was just moving and so that's what I did with yeah. exercise as well is where I got so when I had Edie my second baby that was a little bit different it was it was definitely anxiety as well but I guess there was a little hint of sadness where um so I'd move a lot um but it felt different like there was a different form of uh of stress that I was under there but it was still it was still constantly moving and I knew that if I moved then I would be less likely to go, oh, I'm actually doing a pretty bad job here, um, which I genuinely thought I was doing. Uh, and my partner was doing his MBA at the time, which is like a million. Uh, he was, yeah, he was working, he was working full time and he was doing his MBA. So he was just out all of the time. And then he would come Jesus. home and I was like, not doing very well, but I was moving. And then so my, so by the time that Edie, my second baby was born, I reckon she was four months old. Someone said, do you know CrossFit's pretty good? And I was like, is it? And then I I went and then I was like this actually this was an hour every day where I did no one was crying um well you know maybe you know on the, <laughs> 100% yeah. though 100% so no one was crying no one was asking for any for me for anything and I could see progress so with babies you're like I can't see that I'm doing like nothing like you know today might have been an okay day but even if I do the exact same thing tomorrow it might be a shit day where I'm like fuck I don't know if I'm getting any better at this but with exercise I was like with CrossFit, I was like fuck I can get I can see I'm getting better at this I can see I'm lifting more because I'm getting faster I can actually like there's progress that I can there's uh, measurable, can actually, measurable exactly. results reflect on you yeah. the results you you get to own yeah. the results because when you when you're serving everyone else in your family they get to benefit from the results exactly. and you and you, you don't so i totally i totally get that because you're like yes 
I just weighed 20, kilometers, uh, 20 yeah. kilos. You know what? I made you 14 peanut butter sandwiches <laughs> and you fucking haven't said thank you once. Uh, I want and to, I look uh, like shit. Yeah. I, I want to go back though to the actual like base level of understanding of um, uh, postnatal depression. Yeah. And, uh, so you said that it's a thing that people don't talk about enough or at least you didn't hear the chat around it enough. So if you could do a time jump and you were to go back to say Bron, what from five years ago? No, what two years ago was it? This the so when oh uh, well, uh, well, well it was different. So the girl, there was the girls gave me a postnatal anxiety, and then my son gave me postnatal depression. But that's a, not uh, that's a, I can explain that. And the difference, what's the difference between? Oh, yeah, great. So the difference is, uh, and and like I explained, how um, movement made me feel like it was a distraction. With postnatal depression, I couldn't move. Um, yeah. which was actually way worse. I so don't actually, I, gonna... I don't know if it was worse. I don't know if it was worse. It's really hard for me to, I've had moments where I'm like, you just couldn't I, did, I just, I didn't want to move. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want to get up from the couch. Uh, he was a pretty like, you know, newborns don't do all that much. He was pretty easy. Oh, he was a bit, he was, he was okay. Um, uh, but I just, I would just remember that someone would say like, have you, what have you got up to today? And I was like, well, nothing and they were like well that's normal it's fine you've got a baby it's fine to sit there but i was like really really having a bad time right so this is what i this is what i want to understand uh and clarify so just assume that i don't know anything about it. or better yet let's just assume you are chatting to that young that version of you saying okay hey heads up this is what's coming ahead uh, this is how it's going to feel. Assu knowing that you're going to go through the exact same thing you went through in real life, but what would you, what, are, how would you describe the heads up, and what did you eventually find as a chance to kind of come out of it, or was it just a matter of where, you know, waiting it out? So, firstly, yeah, yeah what, what would you say as a heads up? This yeah. is what you're going. Don't don't have children. Yeah, don't it's a good one. Yeah, I reckon I reckon what I would have if I had gone back into because it took me ages to I, I didn't know what it was. So it was when Edie would have been almost she would have been two. So I'd gone through almost four years of not finding my feet, like constantly feeling like yep. uh, someone was about to go, you know, like just right. that tense, like your shoulders are tight and me going to CrossFit and CrossFit and CrossFit. And my body was so tense and I was like, yeah, that's normal. I'm just, I'm ripped. It's fine. But I had, uh, but I, I went <laughs> to the doctor and I said, um, I don't feel, something's not right. And she was a really great, the GPs are usually really good at this. Um, and she said, uh, do you think you're a good mum? And I had not seen that coming and I, it took the wind out of me because I was there. I thought she was going to like, I don't know, do blood test if I was sleeping. Okay. I don't know. But she said, do you think you're a good mum?" And I just, like I even now feel quite emotional with her saying that, just thinking about her saying that because I, like the walls kind of started coming in Close, yeah, yeah, and so. I was like, oh, I, but, uh, yeah. And I said, I don't think so. And she went, okay, you're, you've got postnatal anxiety and depression. And I was like, pardon? And I just, it was the biggest relief that there was, it wasn't my fault that I was, that it was like, she was like, oh, this is so, this yeah. is so easy to fix. And I went on um, uh, antidepressants and within like a week, I was like, I, I felt like, no, I didn't feel like someone was about to frighten me. I was like, okay, yeah. all right. I can slow down a bit. Things slowed down. 
I was less edgy, all of the, you know, things like the girls' cries didn't like, you know, sting me. And I was like, okay, yeah. all right, all right, I think I can do this. And I was on those for a couple of years, I reckon, until I'd stopped, uh, I'd stopped taking them. But I reckon around the time I stopped CrossFit was around the time I stopped antidepressants and things and I, I don't and I think I didn't introduce exercise again partly because I was like well I don't I don't know I, yeah I think I've I blended my poor mental health in with exercise so uh intrinsically that now I actually can't tell the difference between them so if between, I go into but you tell the difference between uh your poor mental health and exercising Fish yeah meeting. because they're so because they married them together so right. strongly so bad mental health you exercise and vice versa yeah i don't yeah because i just i think that is like, it's quite triggery like if I, so if i get start exercising again Absolutely. i'm like is this am i actually taking control of this or is this taking control of me and uh -huh. also remember the time that you had this really shit time and i do i do feel bad about that time because i don't i don't like i know that i was doing my best yeah. i don't think i i don't and the girls don't remember any any like you know they've not said oh remember when i was a baby that's, that's such a relief isn't yeah it? yeah like knowing that because because i assume for and with friends who've gone through this that you can beat yourself up and go have i scarred yeah. them have i set them up for life am i are they going to become overly anxious when mm. really they can't remember mm. it and you can only do what you like i love that the fact that you said you were doing your best which i don't doubt yeah. that for a second but at the time you don't feel no it. I've, like, i've no idea what i was doing it's like when someone gives yeah someone gives you like a uh i don't know anything that you, you know someone asks you a question and you go i really should know the answer to this and everyone's looking at you like you obviously know the answer to this and you go yeah um and then as you're making it up you know that everyone knows you're making it up and you think fuck i just should have said at the start i don't know actually yep. Don't I don't know, know but yeah. you're too far into it and you're pretending all you're pretending you wait you're, you're like kind of like uh, fumbling your way through it and you're like I look like a fuckhead and also I'm giving these guys the wrong information that uh, I, I'm actually really stuffing this up but then at the end you're like well I, so I tried <laughs> so my if I've got it right so basically it's a, it's, yep. it, it kicks off the back of the identity shift right from being a mm. just a, a parentless you know a person and suddenly you're now mother and mm. you start to like not realize obviously this is all happening unconsciously you doubt is it an, like feeling like am i a good mom because that was the big turning point question wasn't it am i a good yeah. mother so it's a feeling of oh i'm not doing a good job and therefore mm. i'm drowning and mm. i'm struggling with this but then hearing that being framed and was that the relief you felt was that you realized because you used i think you said the word it's not my fault in that sense that you go, oh, this is what's playing up here. It's not me actually being bad as uh, being bad at being a mom. It's just the adjustment to the identity. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was part of me trying to exercise as well was that it was that reclaiming something of mine and it was in what I thought it was my body. And yeah. I was like, okay, well, this, I'm controlling this. This is mine. Because we had babies so quick. We we found out we we're pregnant. Uh, I was pregnant with my, our first when we'd been only going out for six months. So nothing was planned. It was such right. a whirlwind. And then, you know, within a year and a bit, we had a baby and we were like, oh, okay. I didn't, I, I still don't know. But then you got to learn, you got to learn your relationship. Mm. So you got to go through, you got to get to know each other. Then you got to talk about finances. Yeah. You got to then 
work out if this is the one that you want to stay with together while having exactly, a baby. Exactly, exactly. It's yeah. crazy. And I'm like, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of partner you are, let alone what kind of dad you're going to be. And I actually don't even know what partner I'm going to be or what kind of mother I'm going to be. So it was, we just, we just really. While sleep deprived. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so we tried, and then also it was like, well, this is going to be, we're like, this is going to be fine. This is going to be great. Kids are really cute. They're adorable. Uh, I really love ba- uh, kids, less so babies, but I love kids. And then um, she was born and we were like, this is going to be beautiful. And she was hard. So everything that we thought that we were like, we were taking a punt on, um, it, w- it was way harder than we thought. And uh, that w- we were like, okay, we actually don't know what we're doing at all here. Um, so, sorry, do I can't even remember your question no, now. So, but- yeah, I- so for me, I'm guessing, um, again, the idea of if you could, you know, um, yeah. change certain things down the yeah. track, uh, assuming that you're still going to go through what you went through, maybe is it, would it be fair to say the expectation that the both of you had that you're going to, you know, uh, how hard it's going to be would be the first mm. thing to go, okay, no matter, like, you just cannot prepare for how f- difficult and yeah. different and how new life is, like how, how exactly. new experience is. Because I don't, I don't think uh, I could have prepared for that. I could, and still now, like even the, uh, so even with our third, you know, because that's the other thing was like, it's not like our second, I was like, oh yeah, I know what I'm doing now. Because I was, it's still another, but it's so hard. The newborns are so hard. Like they're actually. You're just less scared second time. Yeah. Because you've. Well, yeah. In my case, it was just I think it was like I, I got to enjoy the second one yeah. a lot more instead of going to the cot every thirty seconds. Yeah. Going, chest is still moving. They're still yeah. alive. Okay, because my I remember at the start it was just all idea was like, well, they didn't die yeah, today, exactly. so that was a yeah. win. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I, I was less scared of Edie dying. I thought Olive was going to die for sure, um, but the, <laughs> yeah, it's actually a Christmas miracle she didn't. Um, and then, uh, but the, with our third, we were. Uh, I, I, I was I remember as soon as he was born I was like Fuck, I have to do this again these first three months are so hard and I remember what made you go a third after all yeah, that I know it's because uh yeah it's because we were like we, we got to the point where our second was easy she was four and a bit a half and she was really great and I love four and a half year olds and I was like oh no she's yes. almost going to be five and then that's sad and then COVID kind of happened and we were like well should we just have one more and then instantly we'll pregnant. I think even that conversation made me pregnant. And then, I, and then, <laughs> and then we, and then, and then I remember we were doing pregnancy tests and I just burst in tears. Cause I was like, I don't know if I can do that again. Like, I don't, I don't want to be anxious again like that. And my partner was like, it's okay. Cause we know what it looks like and we can do it. We act on it real quick, but it, but it presented itself completely different than the third time around. The third time around was just like a dark, dark space uh, of um, just real sadness. Uh, cause, and also, cause I was like, well, I actually don't, I tried to fix it myself last time. And I broke it. <laughs> like I made it worse. Um, and then uh, this time, I don't know how, I don't know, I don't know what tools I'll have. I think if I were to go back in time, uh, obviously I'd have them all against it. I genuinely do love them. I know they're the, they're a butt of a lot of my jokes in comedy, um, but they're so great. Uh, and also I think comedy is easier for me 
my relationship with comedy is much healthier because of them because I can go and do a set and I will go like great that was amazing and then I'll go home and it will just be like no one's talking about comedy at home in the morning the kids are like where where my shoes I'm like well did you not want to ask me how I went at the comedy store last night and they're like no uh, so there's no I don't I don't have time to sit and, and, and obviously the better the better part yeah. is when if I have a really bad night and I'm like that hurt me um I what am I doing with my life oh god maybe this is not the right thing and then I'd get home and then obviously they, no one cares about it at home and it's really easy for me to no, no one cares. cares so easy to move on and then I come to and then I'll come to the next gig and there'll be people who perhaps had a bad gig a week before and they're still kind of processing that. I'm like, oh, but it was ages ago and you're fine, mate. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. When, you, when I look back at the things you said about the CrossFit and how it, yeah. where it served you during that time, I'm mm. assuming a big part of it was you had some something that's yours and you see yeah. all the things we described as the effort you put in, you're seeing growth and benefits from it. And obviously that particular CrossFit thing, you overdid it. But mm. you'd think that whatever the relief that CrossFit gave you in that identity, like time for yourself, do you think that comedy is now doing that? It's giving you that identity that's outside of the mum and uh, yeah. white people that is yours? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they'll have, I mean, it has caused obviously some sore points with um my family and he's so supportive but at times he's like it'd be pretty cool if you didn't go to as many gigs as you're going to but you get in that zone where you're like well but this but I have to go to this one and if I don't go to this one then uh you know something bad might happen so I'm absolutely going to go to this and it'll be great so I I see what you're saying and you're right I do I but I do have uh um sometimes an unhealthy relationship with with comedy because it is mine but it it, a genuine and you came to it later. I did, yeah. I think some of what, I think bit, I think, what element of it do you feel is unhealthy when you say you have a well because it is very consuming, like it's super, it's oh super consuming. God. Like, and you're away when you're away from your family, yeah. it has to be worth it, yeah. Like, I like this Adelaide, this Adelaide run. I and it, and this is where I because I feel bad, I'm and I'm, I'm I feel bad that I'm away from it, I'm just picking up any gig I'm like yep good I'm here for a reason I've got to be doing this like I'm not I'm like never gonna all I want to do is just open my laptop and watch a shit show but I'm like no 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 I, I have to be working towards this greater goal which so, is making comedy but then, work but doesn't that make it the fact that you are now limited in your time and bandwidth for these different uh, hats let's say you're switching the hat from mom to wife to comedy that means that every time you do make that switch you're going to make it count as opposed yeah, to exactly if all you had, you would be wasting time watching Netflix or whatever. And just, whereas yeah. you're like, no, no, I've made this sacrifice where I'm spending time away from these people that I care about the most. Well, mm. if I'm going to do that, I'm going to make this, you know, bang for buck while I'm in Adelaide, make it count the most. And I guess I'm pushing back on the idea that it's unhealthy because it seems like to me, the way you describe it is that by giving yourself permission to do those things, when you do show back up in the other role, you're giving it, like you're full because they don't care about mm. how you went at the comedy store. No, they don't. Yeah. So it's all about them now. And you've addressed mm. that side of you where you still matter outside of this this mm. this family unit. And so when you're back in the family unit, you can come in with more gusto because you're like, fuck, I've dealt with my demons or I got my yeah. you know, ego stroke. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. So, yeah. But it's yeah, but easier said than done. 
So just it's, switching the hat back into parent mode can sometimes yeah. fall off. Yeah, away. especially when like, so, comedy is do, constant, like your phone and there'll be gigs yeah. and stuff and it will be, there are times where they're like, can you just, can you get off your phone, mum, just for a bit? And when your kids say that, that is like, you're like, that, <laughs> that is not cool. Was, that is, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've had, that's why the reason, one of the reasons why I got the smartwatch because I couldn't, once I said yes to one gig, then I would then be messaging another one. I'm like, well, if I've got one on that one, then I'm going to see if I can jam another two that night. So yeah. then you start messaging, you're like, Dad, I just want a piece of toast. And you're like, fuck, I didn't need to do that right then, right, right then. down there. Exactly. And, and right. because you have to say yes as quickly as you possibly can, because if you mm. don't, it is handballed. Find someone else. It's, hand, mm -hmm. it's handballed to someone else. So you, you, you're you chasing, you're hustling. Because, like, I got mm. offered something, which I have been wanting to do for the 15 years I've been doing this, and it was very hard to say no to it because yeah. I was like, it now, if you asked me 15 years ago when I didn't have kids, Yes, I would do that, and mm. I would do it. But now I can't justify yeah. to do it, and it's it's a real tough decision to make. Knowing, but then I have to convince myself, knowing that other stuff will come along, and then I'll say yes to that. But it's yeah. just like it, it it becomes to a point where you're like, well, I need to hustle, and I need to earn a certain amount of money. Uh, mm. But then if I don't hustle, then I can't do that. Then I'll get really annoyed, and then I'll resent my family because I can't do it. And then yeah. it's this vicious cycle going back and forth that really, even if you find a medium ground in it, and this is with me, it doesn't last for long. <laughs> no, exactly, because you're like, okay, fine, I, w I won't be on my phone. I'm yeah. not going to be on my phone. Uh, 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 I'll only be on it between like 9 and 5. And it's like, well, what if something comes through at 7.30 in the morning and you're sitting there and you go, oh, that's from uh, the um, the comedy director of the Melbourne International Comedy Fe Festival. I probably should. I'm just going to check that. I'll probably just check that. I mean, like, that's never happened. But, uh, for example, but yeah. you're like, I'm just going to, um, this is going to come up and I might just do this. I'll just have I'll just give this a go I'll just check the and then in both you know an hour and a half goes by and the kids are like can you please just take us to school because you've just looked if I yeah, oh, yeah we're okay fine late yeah, for sure. school now we're late yes, for school. <laughs> yeah, exactly I'm like school's nothing yeah. what about comedy and then I yeah. remember once I was on the phone so much trying to organize stuff that even when I dropped them up at school I had that moment where we get to school and I was like I know they have their lunches they don't have their readers Taya doesn't have his piano books, and I'm pretty sure that Mink is not going to be able to play sport in those thongs. <laughs> yeah. I fucked up here. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, on a plus note, you've got five minutes at Club Voltaire. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, on a yeah. riff, so on I a guess, riff, yeah. not even on material. So, so then my thing is, though, then obviously, is like, yeah, it's, it's, it, the switching of the hats and stuff like that is obviously easier said than done, but it sounds like it's the only way if you want to do, do it all quote unquote, yeah. you have to recognize that, that there is limited energy and bandwidth across yeah. the given day. And that in order to maximize each different moment, you have to like give into that fully while you're there. Not So like not think about your kids when you're at a gig or obviously you'll be doing material about them or whatever, but not worried yeah. about specifics. And then when you're at home, not worry about comedy and then exactly like almost yeah. try to streamline those things by being going okay well when i'm in this mode i can't afford to to waste time i can't be on the phone mm. trying yeah. to book gigs while i'm trying to teach my kid how to you know ride a bike or whatever yeah absolutely yeah there's yeah, i am trying to find a better boundary there but comedy is so great for my uh i guess this is my my, my well-being where it is 
because you do like if I just put all of my all of my identity in my kids I know they're going to grow up and move out and I've like I've seen you know some of uh some of the older women in my life who have um had kids and they've been full-time mums and there's uh, you know that's got to be the hardest job in the whole world uh-huh. uh, but their kids will grow up and they'll move out and then they're kind of a little bit lost uh, with like oh well what did well, they don't need me anymore. And I, I like, I want, I don't want to ever my feel life go? like, what yeah, I don't want to do? feel like I need them and I don't want them to feel like they need me. I want it to be like a, like a voluntary relationship rather than like, oh God, what am I without you? Um, But it also, like I was thinking what you were saying before, Dil, how because of them, because I am t- taking time away from, my time is like kind of divided between them and comedy when I do go to comedy, I'm like, this gig has to matter. Like it has to, I'm yeah. not, I'm not never turning up to a gig and going, oh, I'll just do, 100%. I'll just do crowd work for five minutes or I'll just, oh, it's a hosting <laughs> spot. I'll do, yeah. No, yeah. But, do you know, like I can't, I'm like, I yeah. need to put a new bit in here and I need, or I'm going to change this around and I have to learn from this gig. Like yep. this gig has to ha- be important in some way. Even if it's like, an, a, a, like if it's a bomb, and I'm like, great, amazing. What did, yeah, what did, why did that happen? And I'm never going to do that again. I'm not going to uh, How do I learn again. from that experience, right? Yeah. 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 So um, I think if I didn't have kids, I would, I would be phoning it in a lot more. Uh, and there'd be less of a fire in my belly for it to work. Yeah. Because yeah, I think that's the advantage of coming in late. Because it, yeah. you know, it's it's not like you've got that many more options to then mm. start another new career here or another new. You know, time is poor already. Mm. You might as well mm. make the most of everything that that you do. And and it's so funny because it's. I, I think that's why I always struggle, and that's why I never compare myself to mums. Regardless, if even if parenting is fifty fifty, it's like I know that the stress of my partner who has a full time career and does stuff, but they're going to go to her always first before they come to me. Unfortunately, yeah. it's just the nature of it. But the idea of them being, you know, other you know friends of ours, Claire Hooper, where you listen to her having to try and be creative, or if the kids are sick and you've got a day of writing, but your partner's working, you don't have sick leave, you're at mm. home anyway, you pick yeah. them up. So it just mm. it becomes this continually balancing act and trying to value what you do. It admits like because that's when I feel like both hats are on. You're a mum mm. trying to work at home and then also trying to write at home while having a sick kid at home. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. So, and I would ask a question, Bron, if, and feel free to not answer if it's, if it's uncomfortable, but there is Can that I get free tickets? Third... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you vouch for me? I'm just so it sounds like they're booking you a bit. <laughs> yeah. Tell them I can do a good five, like a good five. <laughs> Please tell them that I've, I've got a decent five. Um, no, um... Yeah, feel free to not answer, but there's a third item we talked about, which is, you know, partner slash wife. Um, mm. How much does that suddenly start taking a backseat because these roles of, of, of mum, clearly the immediate kind of urgency is to be that for the kids because they're less, you know, likely to be able to look after themselves, mm. um, you know, versus obviously a relationship, um, which obviously, again, with limited time and energy, once the comedy comes in, it's almost like, oh, now there's this other thing that's also getting neglected. Have you and your partner talked about those things? Or, and, yeah. or what, and what do you guys uh, have found useful that have kept things, you know, cute and passionate? Because I met, I met him the other day at a gig at... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's gig. right. So, so the reason I'm asking, I'm like, is that one of the things comedy? where you guys... Are they you, okay? You, 
yeah. So I, uh, so there's a comedian in Brizzy called Jenny Winter and she's amazing. And she has like a, so she's a mum, she runs a comedy gig called uh, Funny Mummies. You guys might know her. She's a musical comedian. Yes. Anyway, she's, yeah. um, you know, yeah, she's amazing. So she has, she's uh, uh, on her second marriage and she's got three kids um, to her first marriage. And so she's, uh, and she's an open book. She's she's so wise, and I just I, I wanted to know from her how she how she where she went wrong with her first relationship, where it went all where it fell apart, because I just saw this was when I was doing a comedy heaps in in Brisbane. Like I was accepting every single gig because I just wanted to get good fast. I was like I like you're saying better, like, I'm like, time is poor. I just need, I like, I don't know. I don't want to take, I don't want this to take any longer than I, than it is, um, than it needs to. So I was just taking every single gig and it was fine. Uh, and people at the gigs, no one ever talked about my kids and most of the people there didn't have kids. Um, uh, so it was easy for me to be like, this is normal and nice that I'm here. Everything's normal. And they're like, yeah, it's normal. And then, uh, and then I'd go home and it was a bit, bit strange. Like my partner was doing a lot of the, uh, you know, the baby was still tiny. Um, so he was doing night, yeah. bedtime yeah um and then you know cleaning up after dinner and like it was a lot uh, and it obviously got tense and I and so I asked Jenny I asked over we had a cup of tea and I was like what do I do and I honestly thought she was going to be like you put you put your career at first because she's a she's a successful comedian and she was like I just really thought that she was going to be like you need he needs to be supportive of you and because this is how the narrative in my head would was going at this point you know everyone else was seen to be putting comedy first why just because I had kids why couldn't I have that as well so I was quite resentful of him for being annoyed at me for doing comedy um but Jenny was like Jenny was she gave me some massive truth bombs where she said well this is your relationship though and it has to come first and comedy is always going to be there but you will miss out on um you know your kids like really important moments with your kids and you'll also miss out on doing this with your partner so you actually have to slow down on comedy um otherwise you're going to regret it and you're going to be annoyed at you're going to be resentful of comedy in the end and I was like oh well I did not Mm. think she was going to say that uh and she said you know like her marriage broke down not just because of comedy but because it was like a lack of communication with what was important to them and so she was like you just have to keep that uh, you keep talking to each other and you also have to show him why comedy is important to you so he has he has to come to your gig sometimes because if you feel like alive on stage if you feel like being on stage is 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 important to you he needs to physically see that otherwise he's just going to keep thinking that you're choosing some abstract idea over him all the time Mm -hmm. and so this is what you met you met lucas the other night deal uh, um, uh, 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 in kensington and it was uh not like you know it wasn't the gala it was just a pub gig it was lovely but um yeah you were like oh wow okay this i knew like people were like oh what's he doing here like daniel connell was there he's got kids he was like oh your partner's here that's strange and even you ben you're like oh your partner came to comedy but that was one of jenny's tips i was like if you need him to understand why you're doing comedy he needs to see you in action so we made a deal in that moment in uh, after jenny's visit luke's no made a deal we're like okay let's get you to come to comedy once every three to six months and then we'll and then and then we'll uh, and then that's it 
and it, mm. it actually works like at the end he's like oh this joke was really good and he feels quite invested he was like oh I really like this and oh that was strange that you said that why are you making fun of me and I'm like shut up and then okay <laughs> no it's it's it, it and so I think like the little like we're still trying to work out and try and navigate how busy I am yeah. um and Brad, it's very I hard it. I love it so much what you said oh, good. It, absolutely what you said is Oh, I could burst into tears just because it's the same conversation I had with my partner. Like the exact same conversation that if I push it too hard, I will miss out. I will miss mm. out on on whatever the birthday party or if I'm on tour. And it was just that thing where it was like they are separate, but they're really important. And mm. and, and I love it because I actually, I'm going to take your advice because I've actually pushed my partner away from coming. I've pushed her away from coming when I now see the actual importance of her, even if it's once every six months, or once every whatever months to go, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is my job. I'm still really passionate about it. Um, but it's it's so funny, so because communication is everything. There's this great the, the the one like I had my version of Jenny was this security guard called Simon. He works on all the television shows I work on, and his marriage fell apart. And he remember he took me aside when I was doing a lot of work, and he said to me, "You are going to be ships in the night purely because of what you do, but promise me, just let the ships just." dock in the harbour for just a little bit so you can talk and then keep going. If you don't stop, you will lose her. And I just, I remember having that conversation with him like years ago going, oh my God, like that makes complete sense. I cannot dictate it, everything it does because otherwise I will lose her and she's the most important thing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, like, I don't want to, I go, like, I, I, go, I have had moments where I'm like, well, maybe I can do this by myself. Like if he gets really fed up and he goes, I don't want to do this with you anymore, which is, you know, lots of relationships yep. do that. I was like, okay, well, will I survive? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but I don't really want to do it without him. So I'm like, yep. well, I have to actually recognize this is how, this is a decision that I have made on behalf of my whole family. I don't have mm. the luxury of being like, well, I get to go on roadshow and that's not like, you know, no one's no one's impacted it really impacts my family when I'm not there so I need to I what I'm trying to do now uh and this uh, is like include him in the decisions whereas before I was just like yes 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 and then I'd be like look how well comedy's going so I saw it as a success that I was getting all these gigs and it is like I guess it is you know uh an easy way to be like it's going well because people more people are asking me to be on their lineups and more people are happy to see me gig and and it was really you know what I mean like exactly (laughs) huge I mean yeah this is a really big moment for me but I had to um I had to recognize it, it took me, it took me ages because of the speed I move, I move really fast. And that's partly because I don't want to, I don't, if I sit still for long enough, I'm scared that something that I don't want to think about is going to come and like scare me. So yeah. I just move, I just move a lot. And, and my partner is a real, he's like a, he moves a very different pace to me. Lucas is really slow. And that is exactly what our family needs. But sometimes it really annoys me how slow he is and it really annoys him <laughs> how fast I move. So we that's probably like our biggest, like our, yeah. where we struggle with the most is our different paces. But if we moved at his pace, we'd all be dead. And if we moved at my pace, we'd all be dead. So in order for us to survive, we actually need each other. So it's, it's mostly just a survival technique to stay together. But we had, but he's, uh, yeah, if I move really fast, I don't have time to process like things properly, obviously. And one of the things that I don't process is what, how my actions uh, or how the amount of gigs that I'm taking, how that's affecting my family. So mm-hmm. when I, all I think of is 
heaps of gigs are coming in. This is going well. We've decided that I'm going to uh, give comedy a crack. Obviously, I'm going to take the gig. And then I look at him like, see, it's going well. Mm. And he's like, yeah, but we, we're really, we really need you home for a bit. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? Me? What for? And Because you're the mum. <laughs> you got to do something <laughs> i i think for me the 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 gap for if there was a question that i've been working on the last couple of years and will have to figure out for the next pretty much decade or more is that balance between the lure like how luring the idea of more is versus mm. enough like mm. how much like i want to get better as a comedian which means i need to do more gigs and that's mm. good that i'm constantly willing to perform but also when's enough like what does mm enough look like where you go hey slow down because you're missing out on this so you know i'm not obviously because of my love of my job i don't visit my parents as often as i yeah. can because i'm like oh no i've got to you know this time of period is a festival season yeah. i mean i have to be here and at the same time because of comedy i'm able to visit them more like back as an yeah. accountant one trip a year whereas now i can fly them over and all that so it's this real up and seesawing about figuring out what is enough and versus I need to do more. So I guess yeah. having focused in that process is is such a healthy step because it means he has some agency there and it feels more like a team effort. Like you're, mm. you know, it's the same thing with like a golfer and a caddy, right? The golfer is out there doing the swinging, but the caddy is also back there giving very important information and notes and, you know, advice. So it isn't a solo uh, endeavor that we think it is. And the problem, yeah. the problem with the golfer and caddy analogy is when you hit and slice it into the forest, you turn around and go to the caddy, go, fuck you, you gave me the wrong club. And he's like, well, you're the one hitting it, dipshit. And then before you know it, you both realise that you both can't hit a ball. Slash yeah. Parent. And, yeah, and the caddy's like, why have I got three kids by myself? And they're like, I don't know. Uh, last question might be too heavy to finish, but I'll throw it out anyway. You said with... You know, you go at a really fast pace. You um, you did cross when you started doing CrossFit. You got hooked onto it so much so that you did it twice. That uh, let's use a, a positive word like intense. Your intensity is is ramped up. Have you always had that thing uh, intensity with anything you approached, or and do you know? Um, where from? No, or I think it's I think it's a coming from a long line of just really avoidant people uh and for whatever reason they're avoidant it's just how it's a, the um i guess my approach to life is it, and it's not healthy but i have you know a lot of people like a lot of people will say you know if you avoid bad feelings it's actually really unhealthy for you but i tend to avoid people like that so it's okay but i have i, I have this um <laughs> <laughs> so i don't have to have that conversation but i i, I think I, I think yeah watching like my mum my <laughs> mum um, uh, she was a single mum and she had five kids and she has um she had to move quite quickly in order to survive so uh, i guess it, i watched that and i was like okay well I obviously need to it's it's normal to move at a fast pace and if you're getting something done then you're progressing yeah. um and if everything around you is falling apart we'll look at the little thing that I did today and that was I got um this kid to get to I don't know ballet on time what a legend yeah. so it's it's um I think I learned that behavior from my mum I don't know if I've always moved at this pace but I know I I just I have this uh, default mentality which is if I'm moving then I then it then everything's going to plan mm. and it's often not but um but uh and I don't I don't know if I'll ever change 
And I also yeah. don't even know if I, I don't know even if I actually want to change I, because, uh, yeah, because I, I, like I said, I avoid bad feelings. I've, I'm worried that now I'm 36. I worry that if I do slow down now and have to actually process stuff, I, 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 I don't know how big they are. I don't well, want to. Yeah. Look, going back to the golfing, golfing analogies, um, I've fucking played two rounds of golf. I don't really know, but um, I played three last week. I played um, 37 holes. I got a problem. They, they, <laughs> There is a book slash movie uh, called Legend of Bagavans by uh, Stephen Pressfield. And like kind of the main thesis of the book is about the idea that every person has got their own kind of unique golf swing. And mm-hmm. if you try to fuck with it, that's when you start getting trouble. You just got to figure out if this is how you, this person naturally swings, then you, you adjust according to that particular swing rather than saying there's something wrong with you and you need to change. Now, it's not to say that we aren't all you know, got areas that we can improve and do better. Like, so for example, with your fast pace, yeah, I, I kind of agree that you shouldn't change. It's just about learning how to control it when it starts, you know, derailing the family or the the, the, the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, that, so I'll use myself as an example. I always for decades thought that my uh, neediness or, or uh, wanting to be a people pleaser and a life of the party, all these things were like negative qualities because, you know, I'd go to a party, get drunk and try and bring the attention onto myself. And that's not a healthy being, but you're not getting paid for it. Be- What's that? You're not getting paid for it there. Well, that's what I was going to say. But then I found an outlet where those are the things that make me, that help me improve neediness, being listening to what the audience want and then wanting to please them is what mm. makes me a comic. So it wasn't a complete disaster that I have. I'm wired this way because I found a way to channel it in the right way so that then when I come back to real life, I can start being more assertive and saying no to things that I don't really want to do. If someone's like, hey, you know, you got to come to this person's thing. I'm like, no, I don't want to. Why? Because, well, fuck, if they don't like me, that's fine. I've dealt with my people-pleasing quality. So I like how you said that you don't want to change, meaning that you shouldn't necessarily go, like, oh, there's something wrong with me and I'm, I'm broken and I need to be fixed. They're like, no, no, this is just who I am. I just mm. need to make sure that I'm, you know, as I'm speeding along, that I'm not left my husband in the background. You're like, I know, him, poor oh, bloke. Give him a sidecar or something, maybe, <laughs> you know? know. Like, so, yeah. Yeah. Do you know I what mean, I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the only person who really, the, uh, again, I definitely think he suffers from my, uh, from my inability to slow down a bit. So I probably should, I, I probably owe it to him to actually work out how to deal with that bit better, but on a completely selfish note, I don't, I'm like, this works for me, I think. Um, but it doesn't work for, if I was just by myself, oh, I'd yeah. just keep, I'd just charge on through. Everyone would be like, slow down, Bron. I'd be like, I can't hear you. I'm too fast. But then, um, <laughs> But when it comes to yeah, with my family, I I I know that that is something that I owe them to to process or slow down or whatever people That's do. Amazing, amazing. Mate, where can people find you? What are the shows you'd like to direct them to? Uh, great. So I'm doing uh, my show. It's called Probably. It's all about me being uh, avoidant uh, and why. Uh, we'll kind of. I don't, I don't, it doesn't get too serious. Don't worry. Um, but I, I'm doing it in Adelaide now. It, start, it kicks off on Tuesday, 7th of March. And then I'm going, I'm doing my first ever Melbourne International Comedy Woo! Festival run. Very, thank you. Um, I'm doing that. Uh, it's at the Western, um, which apparently is quite lovely. I've not been in there yet. Uh, and that, 
Yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. Um, so it's a lovely little room there. I'm doing a whole month. Um, and then after that, I'm just doing a few uh, four nights in Sydney in May. Um, find me on social media. I'm relentless. Uh, it's um, my handle is Bron Lewis Yep. Yep. Lewis Yep. Yep. Nice. Uh, we are Fitbit Pod on Instagram. I am Bill J, Ben Lomas Comic on Instagram. We got shows. Uh, when this comes out, Tamworth and Double, I'll be in your towns on Friday and Saturday, uh, respectively. And then uh, you, me, uh, you and me, Ben, we're going on tour, regional Victoria. Yes. Um, and then the Melbourne Comedy Festival. Uh, details for Ben's show. Any questions can be found at Ben Lomas Comic. And yes. details of my show can be at Dill J uh, and all the social, including um, Brisbane and uh, Sydney. There's a few dates. So come along. Uh, Bron Lewis, you are an absolute gem. I'm so grateful yeah. that you did this pod uh, and sharing so candidly and honestly. Uh, really appreciate it, mate. And um, yeah, I hope uh, Fitbit listeners get out there and see her because she is an incredible stand-up comedian. Uh, well, well beyond uh, her, you know, the time that, you know, you think that someone yes, should be good so quickly. It's incredible. So I really love watching a perform and can't wait to Thanks, see you. Thanks, mate. So, all right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.